Today I'm starting with a parable. Ian was scrolling through Facebook one Sunday morning, and his cousin shared a video of the church that she attends. He has seen it before, but this particular Sunday he decided to stop, and he clicked on the video to watch it. He heard the musicians sing Amazing Grace, and before he knew it, tears were flowing down his cheeks. He continued to watch the service. He listened to the sermon. He prayed the prayers, and he sat there looking at the screen long past the end of the service, not really knowing what to do next. Then Ian gathered his thoughts, and he sent a message to his cousin and thanked her for sharing the video. He told her that the video was really powerful, and it, it touched him in ways that he couldn't really explain. He talked about having a hard time in 2020. And after some conversation, Ian's cousin encouraged him to talk with her pastor, Pastor Emmett. So he did. Ian sent Pastor Emmett a message and said, My name is Ian, and my cousin is a member of your church. This morning she shared your service. And I have seen it before, but today I decided to stop scrolling and watch your service. It was exactly what I needed to experience today. Thank you. Pastor Emmett replied, Ian, so good to hear from you. I am thankful for you and thankful that you took the time to watch our service. Tell me more about what you needed to experience today. Ian said, I don't even know where to start. So much has happened this year. I lost my job because of COVID. I haven't been able to get hired again. I was in contact with a friend of mine who tested positive for COVID. Thankfully, later on that week when I had my test, I tested negative, but, and I had to quarantine for 14 days, which really wasn't so bad. But I missed my friends. I wasn't really hanging out with them anyway, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But my friend who got COVID, one month later, he died because of it. I was so sad. I didn't know what to do. But because of his death, I started to take my hurt and anger out on other people. Pastor Emmett, I ruined a lot of relationships. I hit rock bottom. And I decided to turn things around. I wanted to go on the vacation that I had planned since January. And I was so excited to go, but it had to be canceled. My sister and her husband separated, and now I think they're going to get a divorce. She's initiating it, and I told her, this is a mistake, and you shouldn't make this kind of decision during a pandemic. But since then, she stopped talking with me. She thinks I am siding with her husband who wants to try to work on the relationship and not her. I haven't seen my parents in five months. To be honest, I really have never gone to church that much. I do believe in God, but I want to know why this has happened. 
How can I ask for forgiveness for the things that I have done, the relationships that I have ruined? How do I get forgiveness from God? Pastor Emmett replied, the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness. There are many examples of forgiveness throughout Scripture. Why are you seeking forgiveness? Ian said, it just isn't that I'm angry with God, but I have said things that I truly regret. I have done things that I really regret. I've acted in ways that have made people angry or upset. I need forgiveness, Pastor Emmett, from God and other people too. My, my friends, my sister, I, I just think that I was so sad about my friend dying, I didn't know what to do anymore. Have you ever felt like Ian? Have you ever felt angry with God? Not only angry with God, but maybe you're angry with somebody else. Or maybe you're angry at yourself. We try to do the right thing. We say what we believe to be true, but our convictions can push people away or hurt someone or make someone angry. Now more than ever, we see separation of relationships. And we walk that fine line, right? When we scroll through social media, or maybe we have seen someone and we start to have a conversation with them, and we talk about our beliefs, things that we think are true, and they may hurt someone. God in Christ has told us to love our neighbor, to stand up for those who are oppressed, to go and tell the world about God's love for everyone, and not everyone is ready to hear that message. Sometimes we meet resistance, and, and we walk that fine line of encouraging people to do the right thing versus upsetting people because they disagree with us. So then it feels like we're making people choose sides. Or maybe we judge someone because they disagree with us. Or it feels like we force people to judge somebody else. It is then that we start to see people separate from one another, right? I know that when that happens to me, I get upset. I get even more hurt and I start to ask myself, why? Why is this happening? Why are people getting upset when I try to tell what I believe is true? And then I turn to God. I open my Bible and I ask for help and advice. What do we do when we get into situations we want or we feel like we need to seek forgiveness, grace, and love? Scripture like we read today in Matthew 18, we are told... If your brother or sister sins against you, go and correct them when you are alone together. If they listen to you, then you've won over your brother or sister. When we get in these situations, we need to talk with people. We are told that co confrontation must be done in a particular manner to avoid public humiliation. 
We have this process of reconciliation. The involvement of others is important in that. To confront someone, to talk about the issues at hand. In Scripture, the ultimate goal is to continue to be in relationship with that person. And in order to get the full understanding of this text and who it is aimed at, we need to go back to the beginning of chapter 18. So we get to this place of confrontation in the middle of chapter 18, towards the end, actually. We go back to the beginning, and this chapter starts about Jesus talking about the most vulnerable. Matthew 18 begins to recount Jesus placing a child in the midst of his disciples who are arguing about who is the greatest. Jesus invites them to redefine their definition about what it means to be great. Not only does Jesus redefine greatness by saying we should humble ourselves like a child, but Jesus also tells his disciples to welcome children in their midst, which means to welcome the most vulnerable among them, like a child. And when they welcome the most vulnerable, they are welcoming Jesus. The next section of chapter 18 is about avoiding at all costs harming these little ones. Again, it refers to vulnerable members of the community. And the Bible stresses that it would be better to lose a part of one's physical body than to harm vulnerable members of the community. Can you imagine that? So what do we say or post or do or comment? Because it has an effect on people around us, either in a positive way or a negative way. So when we, as a community of faith, say you are not welcome here because of your sexuality, or you are not welcome here because of the color of your skin, or you are not welcome here because you identify with a particular gender, or you are not welcome here because you are a Democrat, or you are not welcome here because you are a Republican. If we say that, we are excluding people from our community. And what Jesus stresses so much in the Bible is that we are to bring people together, everyone. Because when one person goes astray, like one of the sheep in this chapter, what does the shepherd do? He leaves the 99 behind and goes to find that one who's gone astray. And our hope is that the one who's gone astray will continue to engage in conversation, to listen, to talk, to return, to forgive. Right after the reading that we have today, there's another reading where Peter asked Jesus about forgiveness and how often should we forgive one another? Peter says seven times? What's Jesus' answer? Not seven times, 77 times. Because when God is at work in our lives, nothing is impossible. Jesus promises us that when we come together as a community to address our differences, to fix our disputes, to seek and end the conflict in our lives, to repair relationships, that Jesus is there within those relationships, within those conversations. Jesus promises us that we are not alone, and that's why we don't give up. Now, as we look ahead and begin to gather in person as a community of faith, as Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, 
We can ask ourselves, what type of community, a Christian community, do we want to be? As we regather as Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, as we live out our calling as God's people care, how do we nurture relationships within our community, even those who are not able to gather with us right now, or outside our community? How are we as a congregation going the extra mile for one another, but also going the extra mile for the most vulnerable in our community, the sheep that go astray? What would that look like for our church? Now, maybe it's finding ways to be more humble, like a child, recognizing that we are more likely to find Jesus in acts of humility than to be assertive in our beliefs. Maybe it's asking in everything that we do as a church, does this event, does this worship service, does this ministry, does this action build up Christ and encourage relationships? Or is it tearing down? As we reach out to engage or to advocate, to care for the most vulnerable among us, we are also looking for those who have gone astray. Knowing that Jesus is with us. Jesus is with those who have gone astray. Jesus is calling us to find those people and to bring them back into our community. The work that we are doing is good, both online and now, starting next week, in person. Thank you for building up your work and your relationships and caring for others and connecting with our community. This is important work that we are doing. So like Ian, when you are questioning how things are happening, why things are happening in your life, in your community, as you are looking at your relationships and maybe during the last six months because of the quarantine or just because of life, you are finding yourself struggling. You are finding yourself asking, how am I going to seek forgiveness? How am I going to give forgiveness? How am I going to ask God to forgive me? The first thing to do is to think like a child, to be humble, to be vulnerable, and to pray. Amen.